Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host Denise Messenger for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Preserve and protect your health by listening live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, listeners. I'm so very glad you're taking out time in your very busy day to join us. Today is June 17th, 2015. We're going to be talking with Mir Schneider, and um, we'll be discussing vision. Mir authored a book called Vision for Life, and he was named one of the ten most inspirational people of Israel by a top national Israeli news program. His passion is being the founder and the head teacher of the School for Healing, which is located in San Francisco, California. There, they offer programs that satisfy the continuing education requirements for, uh, instance, the American Massage Therapy Association and the National Certification Board for Therapeutic Massage and Body Work. The school has helped thousands of people seeking solutions to chronic health conditions. And obviously, these also involve vision problems, um, muscular issues, neurological issues, and probably more than I have time to cover. Now, Mir was born blind, and he taught himself to see, which is just a miracle. This is an amazing man. We are so fortunate to have him on our show today. So let me bring him on now. Hello, Mir Schneider. Uh, My name is Chris Mollick. I'm Mir's office manager. Mir will Uh be here momentarily. He actually just called me and told me he's running just a bit late, but he will be here okay. any second now. And I can definitely uh, give an introduction or you know answer some some questions that you might have for me. I'd be glad to do that. How how large is um, is the center for self healing? Um, I don't have a, a really nice uh, factual like. Uh, square footage uh, type of answer for you. However, we do have um, a very large classroom um, and also uh, three different um, rooms that we do um, practical work in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they they each have a massage table in them, and uh, yeah, that's uh, so. It's it's quite a large uh, facility. Um, a couple of other classrooms and offices in it, so it, it occupies a, a fairly large building. Now, are these classes offered all year round? 
Yes, and not only are, uh, do we offer classes here at the center, um, but Mr. Schneider also uh, teaches workshops and classes abroad. So he does spend some time uh, each year in Brazil. Um, oh. He also spends time in Europe, uh, some places in Asia like Singapore, places like that. So, oh, interesting. Um, I've, I've got him here with me right now. I, his smiling okay. face has entered the room, and so I'll put him on the phone with you, Denise. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Hi. Hello there, Mears. Thank you so much for joining us today. Nice to be on your show. I gave you a beautiful introduction, and Thanks. so our listeners are pretty much all caught up on um, your center and, and the work that you um, have such passion for. Thanks. Now, you um, published a book called Vision for Life, Mm-hmm. And does this pretty much cover um, your work, or is this just a small part of it? It's one part of it. It's not a small part of it. It's a huge part of it, but it's definitely one part of Good. it. Because just now I came back from uh, the pool where I worked on one of my uh, wonderful patients that was in a coma and also has muscular dystrophy, and um, we were able to get her out of the coma, and I was able to get her family to refuse some very drastic treatments, like putting um, a tube to her abdomen, uh, and we were able to get her out, and she's nourished, and she's eating, and now we're t- doing the first steps of walking, and she has a myotonic muscular dystrophy. I have worked this morning with a beautiful 24-year-old lady who has uh, muscular dystrophy, so does her father who came to me from Colombia. And uh, we're doing, we have very good progress in that she cannot lift her arms up or could not. And right now, within four sessions, she's starting to be able to do that. So I work with vision problems, of course, uh, starting with my own, but I'm also working on, with paralysis and I work with, um, uh, with uh, back problems and many others. And what I'm working on is kinesthetic awareness and the belief that movement is life. And the more mm-hmm. we move, the more life we have in the body. And that if you take a look mm-hmm. at um, many problems that have to do with poor blood flow, uh, or even if the problems are genetic or uh, drastic problems like coma and medical treatment and things of that nature, again, blood flow can make a very, very big difference. And um, returning to my, my book, Vision for Life, uh, it shows you how to overcome many problems, among them glaucoma, for example, which is a result of eye pressure, which I think connects quite a bit to stiff neck and lack of blood flow to the head. And uh, ah. doctors don't even think about that. And uh, that's how the nerves degenerate. And so if we loosen up the neck, then more blood is permitted to come to the head, and then the pressure goes down and the optic nerve gets nourished and it gets way better. Oh my gosh, that's really interesting. How do you loosen yeah, up the neck? Just example, on specific the... exercises? Oh yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give you a real in- incredible example. There was one um, little girl who um, was two and a half years of age. I did not mm-hmm. have a memory, but I met her in Tel Aviv with her parents. She had bilateral cataract surgery, and one of her retinas have detached, and she ended oh, up seeing on, only light. And I was trying to talk the parents into doing light therapy with her. We we have light that blinked in the dark. 
and they listened to the doctor and they put prosthesis on their eye. The idea was that, that uh, the other eye will grow and this eye will shrink and then the face will be uneven, and I thought it was uh, a poor treatment. But anyway, they put the prosthesis. I could do nothing with that eye, but two and a half years later, I got a phone call from the mom, and she said that the first time she started to have high pressure in her eye, and she said, we started with the drops. I said, no, 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 don't do that now, because I know what's the slippery slope there. You start with drops, then you continue with laser surgery, then you continue with other surgery. That girl had so many procedures already in her eye, and she, anyways, legally blind with that eye, I said, don't do that. So quickly, they came from Tel Aviv to San Francisco, which... Uh, I cannot tell you how long mm. that distance is. And, um, boy. and we worked with her, and I couldn't reduce her pressure at first. And I thought the parents would be upset or would leave. No, they stayed for three more weeks. And I did all kinds of exercises and massage there. And we did a lot of trampoline work. And nothing worked until I put my hand over her eye and one hand over my eye. And my eye was softer at first, then became harder, and her eye was hard and then became soft. And then I got the mother to do it, and even to put her hand over one eye and the other uh, baby's eye. She, she had the sister of a year and a half. And slowly, slowly, the eye got softer, 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 and softer, and the pressure went down from 26 to 11. When normal is 10 to 20, and... Um, Above 20 is considered to be high, and above 30 is considered to be dangerous. So mm-hmm. it's a very interesting thing. So I was able to help all kinds of glaucoma patients. I have a nice glaucoma chapter in this book, and I'll have even a better one in the second edition. But the main thing I'm looking for is for people who would be interested to work on themselves and would be interested in long classes and long sessions and even would want to bring that work to other people and understand the power of inner awareness and kinesthetic awareness. It's just mm-hmm. amazing how uh, that uh, touch made a very big difference for her. You think it was um, when you put the hand over the eye, perhaps also the warmth? Because when you do that, you feel warmth. Right. Well, I think to a great extent, when bodies touch each other, then they start to have the same rhythm. Like once I had a person who had a 16-year-old kid with a heart that was two and a half times the size of a normal heart, and it beat Mm. in a rate of 104 beats per minute. So when I put my hand over his heart and my heart, my beat 72 times per minute, both of our hearts beat at a rate of 84 beats per minute. And so I think that to a great extent, when you touch someone, to a great extent, you touch them with your electric field, and and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and and there is a great connection between the two. Yeah, I believe that too. Hmm. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Um, so, typically, when the um, when the when the retina is uh, damaged or detached, um, is there? Uh, long-term deterioration, or have you found that through your work you can help repair it? You're asking an extremely good question. When we talk about a detached retina, which happens for different reasons, one of them, the most known of them, is high myopia, where the eyeball is becoming long and the retina detaches, 
you do need medical assistance. You do need to reattach the retina. And if you don't do it on time, many retinal cells die. But what happens is, after the loss, quite often the doctors will simply say, so you have half of your vision or you have less vision, unless they attach it on time, which normally they have the full vision back. And when people work with me on that, uh, quite often the eye starts to um, become uh, shorter instead of being so long. Uh, some doctors, as a prevention, want to put an eye buckle, which actually makes the eye stiffer. But I think the best thing is to do eye exercises, and the myopia starts to be less. And also, we teach people to use more and more of their field of vision. And the result could easily be that the vision gets better, better, and better, basically. Now, I know that um, you were born somewhat blind, and then over a period of time, you were able to rectify that. How well, what did happened you, is I was born with how cataracts. How did you do that? So were my kids. Well, I was born with okay. cataracts, and, and my kids were born with cataracts. It's very unusual because many, many people have cataracts when they are 60 and 70, but uh, only one out of 20,000 infants are ever born with cataracts. Okay. And I think in my case, I was the anomaly. It's interesting. I was born to deaf parents at the same time. And, oh, my um, gosh. I couldn't see them and they couldn't hear me. How about that? Huh? <laughs> anyway, so another book, by the way, that people can read is Movement for Self-Healing. But I would like to say that even the book Vision for Life, if you read the first chapter, you can see my history. So anyway, what happened is uh, they made all kinds of experimental surgeries on my eyes. And uh, they tried to remove parts of the lens instead of the whole lens, as they did in the case of my kids. Um, 30 some, 35 years later, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. what happened is that uh, the rest of the lens became scar tissue. And I was raised with two lenses where 99% of my lens in my strong eye, for example, is scar tissue. And the light bounces back. So I was reading Braille for two reasons. A, my brain did not develop, my visual brain did not develop on time. And um, also, I was reading Braille because of the scar tissue. And uh, when I was a little bit before 17, I was uh, uh, introduced to eye exercises. And the result is I read, right? And just now I drove from the pool working on Deborah to here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Now, who, did, who introduced you to the eye exercises? A kid, a uh, high school dropout who was six and a half year old. You couldn't imagine how much my family resisted the whole thing. But mm-hmm, I persisted, mm-hmm. and I did the eye exercises. And um, the result was that my vision improved from 1% to 4% to 5%. It was very dramatic. And today it's 70% vision. So I started mm. 1% out of being, yeah, it, it's amazing. It, it was 22,000, if you can imagine that, correctable to 2,800. And right now my vision is 2,070 without glasses. Gee. Yeah. Yeah, my um, my son was born with a lazy eye, and so when he was, I don't know, maybe six or seven, we started him with eye exercises for that. Orthoptics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, the yeah. problem that they have is they don't have enough relaxation in their exercises. I think that 
one of the most important ways, and especially what's important for the modern person, is to understand how visual stress really affects our psyche and affects our vision. And there's a lot of visual stress from the way we use our eyes. For example, looking at phones all the time and not paying attention to the periphery, not paying attention Mm -hmm. to what's around us, and sooner or later the eyes start to strain. So the important thing was to learn to use the eyes in a very diligent way and a much better. So that's what we're doing. Yes. It it seems with um, all the um, computer technology that we have now and with children uh, being introduced to, you know, iPads and and phones at such very young ages, their um, the development of their eyes is pro- is um, probably being hampered a bit as a result of the close um, vision. Um, you know, as a you know it's interesting. Of vision. It's interesting in Israel. One mother brought her 15-year-old girl to the ophthalmologist to to be prescribed glasses, and he paid attention that she uses the computer a lot. So he said, well. After half an hour of using the computer, go play outside. She did that, and she did not need glasses. And I think that uh, what happens is people lose their vision at much greater speed than ever in the past. And um, Mm -hmm. in the time of Dr. Bates, when he did eye exercises, 6% of the kids in New York um, were nearsighted, now 48%. And in Hong Kong, it's 62%, and in Taiwan, it's 84%. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, if you don't want to wear glasses, go to the Amazon. It's only 1% of the native people there are nearsighted. <laughs> so basically, um, we are, in the modern life, we really have uh, um, uh, basically reduced our visual capacity by looking so much from near and not enough from far. That's why our school is by the ocean, where we look at the waves. I also train people to uh, crawl before they walk on the sand, but there we look at the waves. And by the way, in my training courses, I'll have one coming in August right now. I train people to become self-healing practitioners. But at the same time, what I train people in my training course is to use their eyes by looking at a distance, by paying attention to, to details, by increasing their periphery, and by relaxing them a lot. And I also teach people how? to use muscles they never used before. Do you know how many muscles we have in our body? A lot. 600. <laughs> and uh-huh. most people use basically 100 of them. So we need to learn to use more and more of the muscles that we have. We never use all of them. I'll never have the muscles that a great pianist like Arthur Rubinstein had. And most people mm-hmm. will not have the muscles that I have as a, as an advanced massage therapist. But... Um, mo- but but there are many muscles we never use, like rotating muscles. Like, uh, for example, one of our exercises to roll from side to side, like um, hamstrings where we go t- to the back. So mm-hmm. basically using more and more of our muscles is a very mm-hmm. important thing, and that's how we train people to work on themselves so we'll be in, uh, they will be in a shape that they can work on others. Even paralyzed people, like people who were afflicted with polio, with muscular dystrophy, after using more and more of their body, they can really train others who are in much better shape than they are to use their body better. And this is one of the most touching things in my programs. 
Yeah, that's a that's really interesting because I suppose with that disease, certain muscles are affected at certain times. Mm-hmm. Perhaps not all the muscles atrophy. Right. 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 So you can kind of support yeah. the structure around you by strengthening the others. Exactly, and what I want to say is that we don't recognize most of the muscles. I always told people, people used to climb trees. They used to walk bare feet. I remember us mm-hmm. Israeli kids going in in uh, the Carmel Mountains and being upset with how hard are the rocks on our climbing shoes. And then there was a break in an Arab village, and all those kids were running bare feet, and the rocks didn't bother them one bit. And so um, there are quite a few muscles that we have that we don't use like i run on the beach mm-hmm. i would never ever run marathon on on uh, asphalt but sand yeah. feels so good to me and most people have a very hard time running on sand mhm yeah, you sink in so much yeah but what also happens is you use muscles that you normally don't use like the side muscles mm-hmm. of the feet mhm yeah i was um reading a book on facial exercises. I believe in them and very how much. I practice them today. Did you? Because my, my yeah, yeah, my client my client lost um her upper lip muscles. So I massage it and I've shown her to smile and I've shown mm-hmm. her to move your her lips. Tomorrow I'm gonna to work a lot on the other facial muscles because they're muscles. We really need to work with them a lot. So it's one thing if you smile for half a second, but what happens if you smile, let's say, for three minutes, and you can see those muscles mm-hmm. are working? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think it's particularly important as as you age to, to, um, to exercise those muscles. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, aren't we having fun? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the fact that even though I'm almost 61, I can bathe in the San Francisco Ocean. I can be in the heat of Israel. I can be in the cold winter of Winnipeg. And nothing is hard on me because of my circulation, basically. And, mm. um, of course, I have to take some precautions. Like in Israel, when I was teaching a class, first I went to the sea and swam for about 50 minutes early morning. But then as the heat become, became stronger, and I walked for like 45 minutes to the classroom after breakfast, when the heat became strong, it didn't bother me. It bothered many native people there, but not me, because I cooled myself enough that it was easy for my body to slowly, slowly warm up. And that, oh. Yeah, and in cold weather, I, I go to the cold, like to the snow, just with a bathing mm-hmm. suit, and then I sit in a hot jacuzzi or hot bath and drink a cup of tea and do some stretches, and the cold doesn't bother me through the rest of the day. That's very clever. Yeah, circulation. Simple. Circulation. I'll be darned. Yeah. Have you and heard of people, um, infrared? Have you heard of infrared saunas? I believe in those. Yeah, and I also believe in the infrared treatment and. Uh, I know Dr. Saputo in the East Bay here that has a wonderful machine that uh, heals many, many problems. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe in yeah. that. But what I teach is movement. Movement, sure, sure. Get moving. Inside, within each cell, to learn how to, to, 
to to be in touch with our body, to learn how our breathing can really make a big difference for us. Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely with the breathing. Yeah. We were talking earlier about um, the eye pressure that builds up, and we were discussing stiff neck and the lack of the blood flow to the neck. Um, is there one specific exercise that you could uh, inform our listeners about oh, sure. relative to the sure. neck if that you would are be helpful? In any situation where you can lie down, lie mm-hmm. down, bend your knees, and uh, first of all, move your head from side to side and see if your neck is stiff when you move your head from side to side. Then open your arms all the way and look at one hand and bring the opposite hand towards that hand. Look opposite. Look at the other hand and bring the other hand towards towards it and then move the arm back. So it's like you look to the left and you take the right arm and you bypass the left fingers and then you move the arm back. Then you look to the right and with the left you bypass the right fingers and then you look back and you move your head from side to side. And... In for after how long? About, how many? You do it about 20 times, and some people okay. uh, definitely feel neck release from it. Some, uh, I know that um, one pharmacist that had uh, macular degeneration, he also was hunched back, and after doing that, his back became straighter. Another oh one is gosh. to roll from side to side when you're on the floor. Your knees are slightly bent this time, and you roll all the way from side to side. But the other thing is, those who are not lying down and can't lie down now, imagine as if your head goes all the way up to the ceiling or to the sky and that your neck becomes longer and longer. Hmm. That's an interesting one. Because when you think that way, it also becomes softer and softer. And it's the hardness of the neck which is a problem. I was seeing right now with my client with muscular dystrophy, as I got her to cross the pool, after that she felt her neck that it became so weak, becomes very, very tight because she strained it. It's so important that um, we don't strain the neck and think as if it's longer and longer all the time. Hmm. Amazing. Why don't you talk to us about your work in Brazil? I'm kind of interested in that. Well... Many of my students are from Brazil. For example, when I give a lecture here, when I have 50 people, it looks like a big lecture. Mm-hmm. There, 200 people is pretty small, and I normally talk to 500 or 1,000 people. I'm going to oh Brazil right now to give a series of workshops, but I'm also going to give an 11-day advanced class, 10 hours uh, 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 per day for the first 10 days, and then eight hours in the last day when we talk about diagnosis. And what we'll do there, we'll have maybe about eight physiotherapists and six occupational therapists and a physician and some lay people. Altogether, we come to 27 people, which is a pretty big class for an advanced class of mine. And we take a look at how people sit, stand, move, how they relax, how they move. So it's an interesting um, format and an interesting situation. And um, the main thing that I'm doing in Brazil is I'm training more and more people 
to teach my work. We have already 20 people who were trained to do that. So what uh, what we're doing there in, in part two training of mine is we work in three separate sessions. One session on vision problems. So the class, uh, after I uh, uh, look at the clients and decide what to do with them, the class splits into five to work on different uh, vision problems. One on spine and joints and one on paralysis. So we have three classes a day, nine days out of that uh, 11-day class. And I've trained many people through experience to work on cases that consider to be cases that no one can solve, like the cases we described so far, muscular dystrophy, mm-hmm. you can add to it sure. multiple sclerosis and spinal injuries, and I work on all those cases with, again, movement. My whole work is Very. where can we get the movement we don't have? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. most people think about how can I strain my body harder to become stronger, right? Mm-hmm. That's not how we think. We think... How can we find a place in the body that should work that isn't working? Mm-hmm. What do you do with people that are in chronic pain? Well, I would say some of the same thing because there's different reasons for chronic pain. Uh, some of them are mental, of course. But then there's also physical reasons for chronic pain. And what it is right. is uh, uh, poor mobility. I'll give you an example of acute pain and not chronic pain. And this is that there was um, one lady, the lady I worked with this morning, I started to get her to be able to lift her arms, and of course one of her shoulders was hurting. But what I learned is that when you are exercising the hip, for example, I got her to bend her knee and to move the leg up and down, when you exercise the hip, the shoulder becomes more relaxed. And in cases of chronic pain, let's say a migraine beside the diet, uh, I think it's it's very important to discover what what is being blocked, and quite often several areas in the body are being blocked, are being tense, and are not uh, moving much. And so when you find that and you release that, you can take away pain that was there for years. And this day, so many people have chronic pain. Oh. I had one person with terrible sciatic pain that was driven to me because he couldn't sit because mm-hmm. his posture of sitting for many, many years caused him that pressure on the sciatic nerve. Mm. So the first thing I've done, I didn't even touch his sciatic nerve. I just worked on his back, and he was much more relaxed, mm-hmm. and he didn't mm-hmm. hurt. So I worked with him three times a week, and within a couple of years, we got rid of all of his pain. Mm. It takes time. It, yeah, it takes time, and it takes a lot of work. Yeah, no, that's what the word self-healing is all about, that you really work on yourself. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. of course, we as practitioners, we're partners of the people who work on themselves. Of course, of course. Yeah. And there isn't, I, I, I truly don't believe that there's any quick fix to anything. It all takes commitment, it all takes time, and it all takes finding really good practitioners to help you. Absolutely, absolutely. Listeners, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Mir Schneider, and um, we're talking about his school for self-healing and the different types of uh, problems that he works with, uh, physical problems that people have, and how he helps them work through them. 
Are you coming out with another book soon? What I'm coming is the second edition of the book Vision for Life, where okay. I add many more things. Um, for example, how you work with nystagmus, which is an involuntary movement of the eyes. My eyes used to move 300 times per minute. Now they move between 0 and 12, involuntarily. Um, and so we add many more things to the chapters that we have and also how to work oh, with great. kids, how to prevent kids from from okay. developing nearsightedness and farsightedness. So that's what we are going to oh, focus on. Oh, that's very timely. I have many kids or clients of mine. I have one girl who's going to come to me from Hong Kong with cataract at the age of seven. One uh, uh, boy is going to come to me from Michigan. And so um, the girl is uh, is uh, eight-year-old right now, but she has a cataract when she was seven, and the, mm-hmm. and the, the boy is nine. But I also mm-hmm. worked with infants, and as I told you, uh, to an half-year-old girl. I worked with quite a few people. And I think mm. that the most important credit I can give myself is working with my two kids because their vision is better than anyone who was born with cataracts. Uh, they had a good surgery in the right time, but with the exercise they did with me, their eyes really developed well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's really... Very impressive, you know. Thanks. So you have so, the um, you have the Brazil workshop coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, On what July. What are the dates for those? I have several workshops in Brazil, but part two training is um, I think is on the twentieth of uh, of July. Okay. Until the thirtieth of thirty first, I think, or whatever date it is, or for somewhere in August. Um, but I have workshops all over Brazil, including Rio de Janeiro and uh, Rio Claro, quite a few places. And those are one-day or two-day workshops, which we'll have here too. Like we'll have the Labor Day weekend where we give people um, nutritious meals. But the first day we work mainly on vision, the second mainly on movement, and the third day we work on um, body work. Um, so that's so Labor Day. So what can day. people... Where can people sign up for for um, these classes? I'm sure you've got a website. Oh yeah, we have a website www.self-healing.org. The dash is important. Self-healing.org, and you definitely okay. sign and pay for the class. The most important thing is the August class, from the 12th to the 31st of August, and you can come for half of it if you want, or for a few days. You come to a class, and we have 10 hours a day, nine to seven every day. Uh, with a large lunch break, of course, in the middle, we work on all the uh, on all the systems of the body with emphasis of seven of them, and we make life changes. It's really transformational, and the fact that we're by the ocean, we have a trampoline and a hot tub makes a big difference. But the most <laughs> important trampoline, the hot tub. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but the most important what more thing. What more could you ask for? <laughs> yeah, the most important thing is the journey to within, not. Mm-hmm. Only from without. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're in a nice, quiet environment to start and connect with ourselves mentally and emotionally in a, in a very deep way and to recognize that most of the muscles that we have we never used. And that leads mm-hmm. to chronic pain and, and lots of tension. For example, you know, people sit most of the day, which causes back pain. People walk mm-hmm. with shoes on cement. Well, what else can we do? 
but mm-hmm. they are jarring. And I think that's so important is to compensate with a lot of mobility. The fact that we have the beach near us, many people run bare feet on the beach. That makes a big difference. We bathe in the cold ocean sometimes, and that makes Whoa. us feel so much more invigorated. Yeah, well, we have a hot tub after that, so it's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. You go in the hot tub first, then you go into the ocean. <laughs> you could do it that way, or we do it opposite. We go to the ocean, freeze, and then go to the hot tub, and we feel very nice. Very crazy thing. Big what decision. state are you what, in, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm in California. I'm in Orange County. How oh, nice, nice. <laughs> well, the ocean near you is much warmer. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. In San Diego, much warmer. But I, I think it's uh, one of these days I will go to San Diego to teach. But I think what's what's really important is the fact that um, we'll understand mm-hmm. how important is our blood flow, how important it is mm-hmm. to mobilize mm-hmm. things in our body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you work a lot with diet as well? No. I mean, I believe in it. I myself should diet a bit. I like ice cream too much, but I believe in it. I'm a vegetarian. No, I didn't, um, I didn't, mean, I didn't mean lose weight diet. I meant nutrition, um, nutritious foods. I, I believe in nutritious food, organic food. food, and all this. Whole but food. my work yeah. is really into movement and into change. I want to give you okay. uh, a few examples. Uh, for example... Um, I um, met in Mexico, I had uh, an eye class, and I had 11 students in that class. It was a small class. And three of them were women. Who, each one of them, for different reason, was blind in one eye. So our Gee. normal thing when somebody is blind in one eye is to put an eye patch on the eye that sees and have blinking lights, normally start with red lights, in a dark room to see if we wake up the vision in the eye that doesn't. Well, two of them simply took it as an exercise, and one of them freaked out, left the room. <laughs> and then she came to me for three double sessions, which is two and a half hours each. And I worked with her diligently. And um, uh, one thing that I asked her, why did you freak out? She said, you know, my father died when I was 17. And when oh. my seeing eye was patched, I remembered the loss. And she had eight retinal detachment that caused her uh, what she thought was complete blindness. Oh. So we started with the light therapy, and from one angle of her eye she could see it, and then we increased that. We did with a massage and put cold towels over her eyes and massage her back and massage her legs. And the next day we did with a sunning, where you close your eyes and you move your head from side to side, which I recommend to most of the audience. And then uh, what we did is... Um, I got her to look at big print, and the first time in eight years she was able to see them. And after the third session, besides the fact that her husband said that any time that I go to Bogota, I have a house to go to because he felt so good about what I did with his wife. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But besides that, uh, she told me, you know, she was then in her 46th birthday, and she said, that's the biggest gift that anyone could give me. Because oh. now I know that I have peripheral vision in my left eye, and I feel like a much safer driver. And she was in tears, and she was happy. So oh. I'll give you an example of um, how those things work. There's always a surprise factor to things, and 
Mm-hmm. Everybody is surprised mm-hmm. by those uh, improvements. And for example, wow. on the other side, on the body uh, side of it, um, one woman who had multiple sclerosis for like 50 years, one day collapses and can't go up the stairs, and her daughter wants uh-huh. to move her to a nursing home. Uh-huh. Well, I came and we worked, and I put her in a cold pool that she stopped going to, and now she can climb up the stairs, and she's far away from needing to go to a nursing home. Nursing home. What a blessing. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, everybody yeah. in their level, I don't expect her to be a runner, you know, but but if I am able to move her from point A to point B, mm-hmm. that's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I want to yeah. really have a whole new generation of people who can do what I can do. Oh. Miracle workers. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Um, it's, the miracle it's, is it's life also itself. A whole, sure, sure. And it's... It's really bringing an awareness to how powerful our minds and our bodies can be. Exactly. And unfortunately, we are conditioned into thinking one way and move, moving one way, and um, with like you know, again, with all the the new technology that we have, um, we're becoming more and more immobile as a result. Mm-hmm. Sitting, sitting, sitting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I know that um, you have a pretty hectic schedule. And um, again, tell us about your your book, where our listeners can purchase it, and how they can reach your center. They can reach my center by calling 415-665-9574, and they can definitely purchase it from our center. It definitely is available in local bookstores, if not on the shelf by order, and Amazon has it. And it's sold well enough, not big numbers, but uh, big enough numbers that the uh, publisher allows me a second edition, which I'm very happy about. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. So well, people can you, really benefit a lot. It's like it's like a manual to work on themselves. Well, thank you very much, mm-hmm. Elise. Nice to be on your show. It was really nice having you. Take care. Safe travels. Bye-bye. Well, listeners, that's it for our show today. Um, Please join us again next Wednesday. We'll have another really powerful guest. And um, be well. Bye-bye for now. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.health.com medianow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What?